0: This is Formby Podcast. In this podcast, we're back with Joan Rimmer, reading Viking Village, the story of Formby, published in 1973 by Edith Kelly and the Formby Civic Society. It's a ferocious read, but here it's made so accessible by Joan Reading.
1: Viking Village by Edith Kelly, Chapter 8. The growth of the public services. Water, sewerage and drainage. Most of our public services date from the years following the creation of the urban district, but some can be traced back to the 19th century. The provision of a piped water supply was made in Southport as a consequence of a national disaster. It was in 1851 that an epidemic of cholera carried off 6,000 people in this country. In the same epidemic, 12 people in Southport died. As a result, the Southport Waterworks Company was formed in 1852 to replace the use of water from wells and rivers by a pipe supply of pure water. Formby's water came from this company and its source was two wells in Ormskirk, about 180 feet deep. The Southport Company became the Southport, Birkdale and West Lancashire Water Board in 1902. In 1960, the West Lancashire Water Board was formed and further supplies were obtained from boreholes and wells in the sandstone at many points in Ormskirk, Scaresbrick, Skelmersdale and Bickerstaff. The rapid growth of Formby in the 1960s put considerable strain on the water supply but these difficulties seem to have been overcome. It is, as we are all well aware, a hard water area, but two pumping stations have introduced some less hard water into the supply. Sewerage and drainage have always proved difficult in this area and these services have been slow to benefit the whole community. The first sewers were laid in 1905, shortly before the new council was formed. By the West Lancashire Rural District Council, and the cost proved to be so much heavier than had been estimated that arbitra- arbitration had to be obtained to decide who was to pay. Water pipes constantly have disappeared into the soil and were lost. Indeed, it was extremely difficult to find the stability in the running sand. As a result, the progress in sewerage has been sporadic. It reached Raven in 1905 and some progress was made after the first and again after the Second World War. A well-known Formby doctor challenged in 1949 about the continued use of cesspits in parts of the district said that this was a good thing since if the sanitation was properly organised people would come flocking here to live. How right he was. Education In 1938 The Lancashire County Council opened the first local authority school ever to be built in Formby. It was a senior council school, taking the senior pupils from the whole district, which meant all children from between the ages of 11 and 14. The school was built at a cost of £160,000. There was some opposition to the idea of a separate school for seniors, partly because it meant that the schools would lose their older children and not see them through to the end of their school years, and partly because the different churches naturally wished to continue with such denominational education as was given to the younger children. However, these objections were overcome and the school was opened on October 31st, 1938, in the presence of Sir Percy Meaden, Director of Education for Lancashire, and Mr Arnold Robinson, Chairman of the Formby Council, who had been one of those who had pressed for the building of the school. Canon Barsley of St Peter's Church was the first chairman of the governors. The school was designed to hold four classes of 40 children each but very soon numbers outgrew capacity for in 1939 the school had to take in children evacuated from Bootle and Litherland. In effect this meant that the building had to be shared out the children and staff working on a shift basis, half in the morning, half in the afternoon, with outdoor occupations, visits and games arranged for the rest of the time. This needed a considerable amount of organisation on the part of the headmaster and staff. There was a second evacuation of children to Formby later in the war from Sidcup in Kent, when children were brought here to avoid the flying bombs or doodlebugs which were dropped by the Germans in their attacks on London and the south of England. So the school had, in the words of its first headmaster, Mr E. M. Melrose, some initial difficulties to contend with. Later, due to a change of government policy, the school was renamed as the Formby County Secondary School. With the continuing growth of the school population, it became necessary to provide a high school with senior classes for pupils up to the age of 18. Formerly, children who wished to carry on their education beyond the age of 15 had been compelled to find places in schools outside the district, mostly in Waterloo, Crosby and Southport. The land and premises of the County Secondary School were now taken over and a great extension of buildings took place in order to accommodate over 1,000 pupils needing higher education. The new school was comprehensive, taking all the senior students of the district and educating those who wished it up to A level and university entrance standard. Mr J. A. Kant was appointed as first headmaster. Many pupils still attend schools outside Formby, but even so the present high school cannot cope with the steadily increasing population and another similar school is planned for the southern end of the town. Meanwhile, the primary and junior school population has grown at an astounding rate. The existing schools have been extended or rebuilt. Holy Trinity School and Our Lady School have new premises and schools have been built in the new housing areas at Cable Street, Park Road, Woodlands Road and Redgate and a Catholic school attached to the new Church of St Jerome's in the Raven Mills District. Still, the numbers grow and more school places are demanded. The birth rate in Formby in 1966 was 24.3 per thousand, the highest it has reached so far, while the average for England and Wales was 17.7 per thousand. These children are now in the primary schools. In 1970, the rate showed a slight decrease to 20.4 per thousand compared with the average of 16 per thousand over England and Wales. Maybe we have passed the peak of this secondary population explosion and the school accommodation could soon be sufficient for future needs. The library. Lancashire County adopted the Public Libraries Act in 1924 and commenced services in the following year. Formby was one of the first centres to be established and was housed in the council offices. On February 16th 1926, it was formally opened by Councillor A. Cooper. At first there were only a few hundred books available to the public and the library was open for only a few hours during the week. It was staffed by voluntary assistants, one of whom was Mrs. Derbyshire, whom many Formby people remember with affection. Mrs. Derbyshire afterwards took charge of Formby's first branch library opened in 1939. It was situated in the shop, number two school lane, where the accommodation was very restricted and never sufficient even after it was extended. These premises were in use until 1961. Since the very first day, the use of the library has constantly increased. At first, only 47 people applied for membership. In 1960 to 61, the yearly issue of books was over 100,000. And in July, 1961, a new and very pleasant building in Duke Street was opened by the chairman of the County Library Subcommittee, County Alderman L Ball. It consisted of a large room for the general lending library and two smaller rooms, one a children's library and one a reading room. By 1963 to four, Over half of the population were registered readers, a proportion well above the average. The library region of which Formby is a part covers Litherland, Aintree and Ford as well. The headquarters branch was formerly Litherland, but for administrative reasons, Formby became the regional headquarters in August 1965. The divisional librarian, Mr W Bailey and his staff operate an efficient and comprehensive service to readers including a request service for obtaining books not in stock. Old people are helped by the Housebound Readers Mobile Library Service which is operated by voluntary workers from the latest section of the Ratepayers Association. This service covers the two old people's homes, Maryland and Hurstwood and also the five Abbeyfield houses as well as individual housebound readers. The staff cooperate too in the use of the library for cultural society evening meetings. It is interesting to see that Formby with a population of 23,300 in 1970, had 16,155 registered readers and issued an average of over 1,000 books a day, not by any means all fiction an indication of the interests of the people living in the township. Telephone, Fire and Ambulance Services The telephone was introduced into Formby in 1896 when a telephone exchange was opened in Rosemary Lane. By 1908, Formby had four subscribers. The National Telephone Company, which had first operated the service, was taken over in 1912 by the GPO, with the Formby service controlled from Liverpool. Now the system is controlled from Preston, apart from operator service, and by 1973 all services will be based on Preston. There are now 6805 telephone connections in Formby and 6143 of these are residential, a reflection of what has happened to Formby in this century. The fire and ambulance services were slow to develop. The fire service was run from Crosby. The ambulance service was in charge of the Red Cross with a converted hearse for an ambulance, not very reassuring for a sick person. The ambulance station in Kenyon's Lane was built in 1968 after a certain amount of pressure from people in Formby who thought that a better service was needed. The personnel who manned the station have won three certificates of merit and a silver cup for efficiency in competition with the other stations in the Lancashire area. Firemen used to be summoned to their posts in Formby by the ringing of a large bell weighing 95 pounds. It was kept on the premises of the fire captain, Captain Charters and could be heard within a radius of three miles. During the war the service came under the care of the National Fire Service But in 1947, the local authorities were enabled to provide fire cover and an adequate water supply for their areas and to train men in fire prevention and firefighting. As an urban district, Formby is under the authority of Lancashire for this service and will remain so until the changes in local authority organisation take place. There are still no full-time officials but a number of part-time officers work on the radio call-out system under the chief officer. A description of the chaos caused by a fire at the golf club house in 1899 is reminiscent of a certain music hall act. Telephone messages went from Formby to Crosby and back again, giving the first warning. Captain Charters in a one-horse trap drove round summoning the firemen by blowing a whistle. Some of the hoses were missing. They had been put out to dry in the yard and had to be rolled up. These were then loaded onto a two-wheel cart and driven at speed to the clubhouse. Alas, when the firemen arrived, the building was burnt to the ground. Transport. I suppose one of the most far-reaching changes that has taken place in living conditions in this century is the change in the field of transport. At the beginning of the century, horses were still in use for personal transport in country districts. In places such as Formby, there were many families who owned their own horse and trap. Goods were carried by horse and cart. The coal cart and the milk cart, with its rattling churns, and the brewer's dray, with its team of fine horses, were regular sights in the lanes, and there were blacksmiths and wheelwrights to to look after them. There was a blacksmith at Smithy Brow and another in Liverpool Road. Mr Rimmer in Gore's Lane had a wagonette for hire which took passengers to Ormskirt Market every Thursday. Cabs could be hired too and they did a steady trade at train times. In the summer they took people down the long pass to the shore. Mr Wilson's conveyances of Church Road had their own repository at Formby Station and at the station too, travellers by train could leave their lamps for two shillings and sixpence a year to light their way home again through the dark streets and unlit lanes. Cycling became very popular in the early years of the century and cycling shops sprang into being. From one of these, young ladies were taught to ride. The greatest change, however, came with the introduction of the motor car. By 1904, There were 8,000 cars on the roads of Britain, but only a few of these were to be seen in Formby. The doctor, the vicar, and a few businessmen led the way. In 1908, the speed limit was 20 miles an hour. Slowly but surely, the car brought Formby into the modern world and turned a sleepy village into a bustling town. The Voluntary Social Services. It is thought that Formby was one of the first urban districts in the country to have a district nursing service. It was begun by Father, Wilf- Father Wilfrid Carr in the early years of the present century. In 1905, a district nurses committee was appointed and the two nurses were employed. Significantly, one was to be a Roman Catholic and the other a Protestant. A house was provided by Father Carr with matron and domestic staff and the expenses of the nurses were paid from the collections made by the ladies of the committee. The nurses received a salary of £30 each per annum and £2.10 shillings for uniform. Ordinary nursing service and maternity services were, were provided but, with regard to attendance and unmarried women, it was decided to authorise it in a first baby case but on the occasion of it being a second child, the matron must place the case before the committee. The quotation is from the Minutes. Only people living in a house not exceeding a rental of £20 per annum were entitled to use the service. Subscribers of one shilling or more per annum were attended free. Non-subscribers at sixpence a visit. In 1909, the nurse's home was given up and private nursing was abandoned but the district nursing service continued to operate until it was taken over in 1948 under the national health act lancashire county council now took over the service and paid compensation for the equipment to the ladies committee the money thus received together with funds from a house to house collection was used for the setting up of maryland a home for old people in a very attractive house in School Lane. So the nursing service, after many years of useful work, provided a starting point for an equally necessary service. While it was in operation, it was believed that the rate of infantile mortality in the district was greatly reduced. In the late 1920s, a personal service society was formed. The Soldiers, Sailors and Air Force Association also worked with this society. And at about the same time a child welfare clinic was opened. The usual British pattern of voluntary organisations filling a need and then being taken over by the state or the local authority was followed in these cases as well as in the provision of home helps first organised in Formby by Mrs Jean Villa and taken over by the health service in the late 50s. In 1949 A composite group, the Formby Council of Social Welfare, was formed to unite the different welfare associations to review the welfare situation from time to time and to fill any gaps in the provision of assistance. The founders of this central committee were Mr Joseph Rimmer, Mrs Peggy Beeston, Miss Hilda Haywood and Mr Thomas Hampson, Secretary of the Liverpool Council of Social Services. The council now has about 58 member groups, including all the churches. The groups operate independently, but report to the council. Other voluntary societies which work in a similar way are those which control Maryland and the Abbeyfield homes. The Abbeyfield Society, which started with one house, now controls five houses, which provide flatlets for the old and the lonely. Hurstwood in Victoria Road is a home similar to the Abbeyfield houses, but in this case, provided by the local council who also have built old people's flatlets in Chindick Close. There is a luncheon club for older residents started in 1966 and helped by teams of workers from all the churches. The building of its very pleasant premises in Browse Lane was assisted by a loan of £3,000 from the Formby Council which was repaid from voluntary contributions within three years. The Meals on Wheels service provides midday dinners for housebound people using a van provided by the round table. The WRVS also runs a Derby and Joan Club and the Red Cross Society, a club for the elderly, an ambulance and a sitting car. The Handicap Society or the Seventy Club the latest in providing for the unfortunate, brings together mentally and physically handicapped people and their families for social events. There is a hard of hearing club, a spastic society, the NSPCC, a Church of England Waifs and Strays Society with a home at Victoria House Andrews Lane, while Clumber Lodge Baby's Home in Victoria Road and St Joseph's Home for Spastic Children are run by the Catholic Children's Protection Society. The Pram Club for Young Mothers and Children is believed to be the first of its kind in the country. It has a nursery staffed by the mothers and is shortly to have its own premises. Lastly, though I feel sure I have left some out, there is the Citizens Advice Bureau, started originally during the war to deal with the problems of evacuees and of soldiers in Harrington Barracks. After the war, the service lapsed, but it was started again in 1966. It deals with a multitude of problems in the course of a year. All these services and provisions leave one breathless. Can there be anything that has not been thought of? It does not seem possible, but if there is, very soon someone will bring it to the notice of the Council of Social Service and provision will be made. Behind the façade of these, all these organisations is a veritable army of voluntary workers who give a great deal of their time to helping other people and making the services run smoothly. And though it is not possible to mention all their names, the gratitude of the citizens of Formby is due to them.
0: Join us again. We have many more chapters to go while we explore Formby, Viking Village written by Edith Kelly published in 1973. Thanks to the Formby Society of 2021 for giving us permission to read this book and share it with you. If you have anything that you would like us to share a book, music, an art or craft you can contact us via email Formby Podcast at Gmail.com. Formby Podcast is an independent production. It can be found on Instagram as Absolute Formby or on any podcast provider. Just ask for the Formby podcast. Thanks for listening.